Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture podcast. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Bro, first <laughs> off, Jason, this is the For the Culture podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears. The Colts win. The Titans lose to the Jets. Colts beat the Dolphins. You broke the curse, my friend. The curse that started in 2019 against who but the Miami Dolphins was broken today against the Dolphins. You picked the Colts. You're also 4-0 on the year, but you were able to lose picking against the Colts. You just couldn't win picking the Colts. You picked the Colts. The Colts won. Not a perfect game, of course, so we have our issues, but it's an optimistic Sunday. Colts win this game. Titans lose. We pick up a game, and it felt like a hold-serve Sunday. Go to Miami. Get your first win. Titans are most likely going to win in New York against the Jets. And we get a pleasant surprise. We get a missed kick where they were trying to tie the game in overtime against the Jets. Zach Wilson looked really good. We're not going to talk too much about that game, but just the perfect Sunday for us. If you want to go back, Thursday night, the Jaguars lost today. The Texans also got crushed, so we were the only AFC South team to win this weekend, and most importantly, the Titans lost. But Jason, it feels good to get in the win column, and what about you? It must feel great to not carry the burden of being a jinx on your shoulders. I'll tell you what, the the monkey is off my back. I can officially now start picking the Colts every week like I want to. I'm just kidding. I, I'm just going to pick who I think is going to win now, but yeah, it feels great, man. I mean... Listen, Luke, How long, it feels like forever. We haven't picked a player of the game in so long, dude. It's going to be nice to finally have a player of the game because we don't do it when we don't win. We finally win a game. Shout out to Zach Wilson playing so well and just, I mean, a huge win by the Jets, a huge win by the Colts. Big, big, big pick-me-up for Colt fans today. Uh, I went into that game thinking the Jets had no shot. This helps, man. Well, to be it really Jason. does. You might have cleared your jinx for the Colts, but I think you jinxed the Titans because you said there's no way that they would lose that game. I mean, I'm pretty sure every American that watches football felt that way. But if anything, you used your powers for good this week and not bad. That's true. And that's what matters. You know, I try I try to, you know, I try to carry that that heavy burden and that heavy uh <laughs> that pressure and, and do the <laughs> bro, right bro it's a blessing it. and a curse today was an absolute blessing we beat the dolphins the titans lose and let's just dive right into it jason we saw things that we've been begging for we've been begging to throw moali cox the ball yeah throw him a jump yep. ball the guy averaged five rebounds not football basketball rebounds per game as a 6-6 forward at vcu get the ball in the air if he's one-on-one he's going to have somebody smaller than him because there's no such thing as a six foot six 250 260 pound defensive back in the national football league throw it up to him let him go get it we did that multiple times today it opened things up the first time when it didn't work might have been the most useful it was all game because that opened up the run for Jonathan Taylor. We pounded the rock. We did what we wanted to do there. It was a perfect no, and it's never going to be perfect. You're always going to have flaws. You're always going to have issues, but the defense did their thing early in the game. We had the Heinz muff punt, which gave them an early three points, but the defense, they buckled down. They got back-to-back stops, held them to three. The Miami Dolphins couldn't move the ball at all in the first half. After their first drive or two, we really, really buttoned things up defensively. And we kept the game close enough, obviously, that three-zip game, to give our offense a chance. The offense had a lot of short fields. Miami made multiple errors on special teams themselves. So we had the one early. Then they had 
the offsides, and then they also muffed a punt. And we took care of business. We capitalized. And sometimes I saw people on Twitter saying, oh, yeah, well, we got lucky. The Dolphins made mistakes here, here, and here. Yeah. And weeks one through three, we made mistakes, and our opponents capitalized. Sometimes that's what you have to do. If there's an error, you don't apologize for it. You capitalize on it. And the Colts did that today. So was Reich the best he's ever been? No. But did Reich do things that we were begging him to do weeks one through three? Yes. So we saw improvement. Improvement is not perfection, but improvement, especially when you're 0-3, is what you're looking for. And we saw that today. So you have to be happy about that. You have to be happy about scoring points, scoring touchdowns, and finding the win column for the first time this season. So we will get into the pros and cons, the positives and the negatives, but there's definitely more good than bad because you came out in the green, you finally won a game, and you improved to 1-3. and three. Yeah, no question. And it's, it's, I mean, every game's tough in this league. There's no gimmies. I mean, it's not like, you know, Urban Meyer's finding this out now. It, it ain't like the, co- it's not, co- it's not college. There's no, no walkthrough games. You saw that with the Titans today. You don't just roll your helmet out there and win. You got to bring it every week. I thought the Colts played probably their most complete game of the year, talking, you know, all three phases. And that's what you're looking for. You want to see improvement. I thought, I thought the offensive line played better. Still not where you want it to be, obviously, but they did a good job. They ran the ball. I thought Carson looked as good as he's looked since he's been in Indianapolis in the second half of this game. Made some great throws, moved around a lot better, a lot of zip on his on his throws. Very positive second half for him. The defense, I thought they got late touchdowns, Luke, but I, I feel like the defense wasn't as bad in this game late as people were going to make it out to be. I feel like Devontae Parker just made great plays. I thought we were right in the – I mean, Isaiah was right on in the right spots. The guy just made great plays. That's going to happen sometimes. I'm not making excuses, but I, I think, you know, you look at the first three weeks defensively, there was a lot of wide-open guys running down the field. I didn't really see that in this game, which is kind of remarkable considering we were missing Kari and we were missing Rock. So I thought – the defense, for the most part, was fine. They were in the spots they were supposed to be in. Were they perfect? No. But they held them to 17, a little bit over their average. And remember, Miami, people act like Miami is this this terrible team. They beat New England on the road with Tua. And then last week, they came back and pushed the Raiders to overtime. Who The Raiders are, by the way, undefeated. So this is not like a team that's just going to roll over. So this is a solid win for the Colts on the road. Something to build on. They really you know, after the early going really kind of dominated time of possession and, and really did a great job kind of jumping out in front. And once you, and and as Colt fans, we know with Jacoby, for the most part, you get out on him by more than 10. He's not coming back because he just doesn't throw it down the field. Now late in the game, he did. He just kept throwing it up to, to Parker and Parker kept making great plays and they had some, you know, nice plays in the end zone or whatever, I, I think. But I mean, for the most part, I thought the Colts controlled the game after the first few minutes. And uh, listen, you got to start somewhere. There's a lot of positive to glean from this game. There's some things to clean up. But at the end of the day, it's all so much better when you can do it with a win. And then the cherry on top of that win is the Titans going into New York and losing to the Jets. Yeah, and a lot of those final possessions for the Dolphins were you want to keep them in bounds and you want the clock to bleed because – not that I'm a huge fan of prevent and not even saying the Colts went into a complete prevent and we were letting them go down the field the final 10 minutes of the game, 
but you are playing to the score. And the same thing offensively. We're kicking field goals at the end of the game. I'm fine with that. Run the ball, kill the clock, because you know the score. And that's why I always say you can't coach the game like it's Wednesday afternoon. You have to know situationally what's going on in the game. And I thought situationally the Colts were good in this game on both sides of the ball. And everything that Miami did offensively basically came when the game was out of reach. And it wasn't the Colts versus the Dolphins. It was the clock versus the Dolphins. It wasn't the Colts versus the Dolphins. It was the Colts versus the clock. And it was really about making the clock bleed. And on their side, it was about trying to score as soon as possible and as quick as possible. So I like the game flow of this. I thought the Colts on both sides of the ball did a good job coaching to and playing to the flow of the game. And we had pressure on Jacoby, which was nice. We got the fumble we talked about. We held them to 17 on the preview. I'm pretty sure we said 17 points or less is what we should be going for defensively. It felt like less than that because for the bulk of this game, we were actually kind of pitching a shutout because the three points came on the muff from Hines where the defense didn't even give up a first down. They had to come back on the field. I think they gave up five yards and they kicked the field goal. So they got a double stop and it was three points, unfortunately, because of the muff punt, which is obviously something we have to clean up because it hasn't been the best start to the year on special teams. So when you look at what the defense did for a majority of the game, they did enough to the point where at the end of the game, you could almost take your foot off the gas, just knowing situationally what's going on. And I'm not even really so sure that touchdown in the back of the end zone was a touchdown. I was trying to watch. I don't, I don't think it was. Yeah, because it looked it like was. his butt came down out of bounds simultaneously as when it came down inbounds. But Yeah, they, they called it a touchdown on the field. I knew they weren't going to reverse it. Nah. But I didn't think it was a touchdown. But one thing I wanted to say, Luke, we talked about this in the keys of the game, about the defense, making them one-dimensional. The Colts did a great job doing that. Mm-hmm. Their run defense, 16 carries, 35 yards for the Dolphins made them one-dimensional. We said if we could make Jacoby beat us, we would probably have a really good chance to win the game, and that's what it came down to. Yep. He couldn't beat us. He, we forced him, and we said if we hit him enough, he's going to lay it on the ground, and he did it He did it again. He fumbled the ball. Yep. An outstanding job by the front, stopping the run, making him one-dimensional. He threw for under 200 yards. Just a really, really solid job. I don't think the Colts gave up 300 yards total in this game, and usually when you do that, you're going to win. So I thought the defense was fine. I thought the offense really, you know, looked a lot better than it had. Uh, you know, obviously the Dolphins, not a great defense, but I thought the Colts did what they had to do. And I thought, you know, pretty much everyone that that played did a pretty solid job outside. You know, we, we had a drop on a, on a beautiful pass from Wentz to, to Paris Campbell. But outside of that, I thought really when the plays were there to be made, the receivers made them, and, and it's, it's just a good – all-around solid team win, even special teams. Obviously, the fumble, we didn't, you know, you didn't love that, but then we get that back later. Plus, you know, we, I think Rodrigo did a good job. And then, you know, you get and you get Sanchez penning them deep. So mm-hmm. I thought the Colts, you know, just had a really good solid team win, and they just need to build on it. It's going to be tough. Hopefully they'll get some guys back this week. Got that extra day going to, to Baltimore. But good to get off the, the schneid, so to speak, and get a win on the board and – Hopefully we can go into Baltimore next week and play a better game than we played this week. We're going to need it. But for as far as today goes, man, you really couldn't ask for a better outcome. Hopefully, fingers crossed, there weren't injuries in this game. We always worry about that. I know Ryan Kelly I thought was injured at the end of the game. Turns out he just blew out his shoe Zion Williamson style, so he's not (laughs) hurt. So that's a good – I mean, that's some good luck. That's some good 
you know, juju for the Colts. Hopefully things will start turning in our direction. But man, for our for us to have a chance this season and for our season to even have a a chance of going anywhere, this had to be a game we won. And to go out there with all that pressure on, without you know, three or four starters on defense, without some guys on the O line. And to go out there and get the job done, it's it's a huge win, man. And it was must needed. Great for the confidence. Great for the building. Great for our fan base. So we just got to hang in there, man. We just got to hang in there. You know, the schedule will let up a little bit coming up. But just got to keep our foot on the pedal and, uh, you know, just continue to play and try to get better every week. Remember, also, we talked about it on the preview, the Titans have a back-to-back coming up before they play us. Not next week, they have the Jaguars. But then after that, and they could lose to the Jaguars. They just lost to the Jets. But they have Chiefs-Bills back-to-back, especially that Chiefs game is a big game because that's their AFC West matchup, and our AFC West matchup is the Raiders. And I know the Raiders have gotten off to a good start, and I know the Chiefs struggled early. They were 1-2 and two coming into today before winning today. But let's all face the facts. Obviously, the Chiefs are a better team than the Raiders. So that's an opportunity season-wise, for us to pick up a game on the Titans. Today we picked up a game on the Titans. So they'll have Chiefs, Bills, us. That's a huge stretch. That three-game stretch is huge for the trajectory of both the Titans and Colts seasons in terms of winning the AFC South. Because I said it last week, after losing to the Titans, after the Titans improved to 2-1 and and we fell to 0-3, we were two games back and we lost that first tiebreaker, knowing we see them again and knowing how difficult it was to make the playoffs last year and get that wild card. I felt like last week the AFC South was still more realistic than a wild card berth. And I still feel like that today. And I'm probably even more confident in that prediction today. Of course, there's just so many things that have to shake out over the next 12 or so weeks, what 13, 14 weeks. But that's how I felt last week. I still feel like that today and just everything changes. It's such a week to week league, Jason, unlike other sports, because you only play once a week. And the talent level really is very balanced across the league in comparison to other sports in the NFL. So really anything could happen, nothing safe from week to week. And I'm really happy this week. I'm not taking him off the hot seat. It's one game. You better win a couple of games in this league. I mean, coaches get fired all the time because they go six and 10 or they go seven and nine. So winning a game doesn't change the big picture, but what it does do is give you optimism moving forward. Because I thought even though the offense did get bailed out a lot today, they did a good job cashing in. So you punt, then they jump off sides. Then you go down and score a touchdown. We don't settle for three. We don't punt a second time. We don't turn the ball over. We go down and score a touchdown. So yes, we got helped out. But we've been helped out multiple times this year, and we've stalled. Today, we didn't stall. Today, we went down and we scored a touchdown. Today, we saw us pound the rock in the second half. Taylor was averaging 7.4 yards per carry at halftime. Last week, we abandoned the run. This week, we ran the ball 11 more times in the second half with Jonathan Taylor. Could we have ran it more? Yes. Could he have gotten some of those Mac carries? Yes. Could we have gotten Hines more involved? Yes. But at least we saw us because at halftime I said he needs at least 10 carries, a bare minimum of 10 carries in the second half. He had 11. So that was an improvement from Reich and the offense because we need to see improvements from week to week. It doesn't have to be perfect yet, but to achieve perfection down the road, you need to see improvements. And today we saw improvements. We've been begging, begging 
jump balls in the end zone, fades, whether it be Mike Strawn, whether it be Pittman, whether it be Moali Cox, primarily Moali Cox. And we saw that today. We got Cox involved in the passing game. We had more targets in this game than he's had probably the first three weeks combined, especially end zone looks. So that was fantastic. Just getting the ball to Moali Cox. He is one of our best playmakers. His career numbers might not show it, but we know he's capable of it. And a lot of it's just been scheming. We haven't been targeting him enough. And he's been a constant here since 2018. That crazy catch he made, that one hand catch against Oakland was 2018. That's four years ago, and we're still treating him like he's some type of project. He's not a project anymore. He's a legitimate part of this offense, and you have to treat him as such. So I saw things today. Of course, it's not perfect, and there were points in the game where it was frustrating that we didn't have more points on the board, but we also said going in, you're going up against a good defense. You want to score points, and we end up scoring 27. Three came from the defense getting the fumble. Three came from the extra chance on the punt going offside, or seven came on the punt on the offsides, and then another three came on their muff. So right there, that's an extra, what, 14, 13, 14 points. But you don't want to apologize for it. You cash in. And today, whether it be touchdowns or field goals, I thought the offense did a better job cashing in. I still think this is a defense-first team. I still think over the first four weeks, the offense is more at fault than the defense. And today, I thought the defense was better than the offense. But because we've been so harsh on the offense and so hard on them through the first four weeks, I just want to give them credit that I saw improvement today and we're going to be consistent. We're going to be fair as we've been since we started this podcast in what, 2016, 2017. We've always been fair. We're always going to be fair. This is not a narrative. This is just saying what we see, calling it how we see it. And today I thought I saw improvements in key areas where we've been begging the Colts. Just, I think it's common sense. Get Taylor the ball, run the ball, throw the ball to Molly Cox. I would have liked to have seen Hines more involved today. So there's room for improvement next week because it seems like Hines is only an option every other week. And it felt like we benched him in the first half or at least a majority of the first half because of the muff punt on special teams. But we definitely saw improvements today. We scored 27 points. Special teams helped. The defense helped, but ultimately the offense did find the end zone three times. Short fields played a big factor in that, but Ultimately, they found the end zone three times, and that's something we haven't done to this point this season. So that was good to see, and it's something to build off of. It's far from a finished product, Jason. You are one in three, but you can't win two games until you win one game. You can't win three games until you win one game. You have to start with a one, and today we went one and oh, and you really didn't want to go into Monday Night Football next week as an 0-4 laughing stock. Forget about playoffs. Forget about division titles. Forget about anything. You don't want to play primetime football as an 0-4 team where they're talking about draft position rather than talking about playoff chances. So you have to feel good about that. You have to feel good about seeing improvement and hopefully a coach that's learned a thing or two. I know it's year four and these are things that he should already know because they've worked for the last three years. But today we saw improvement from the last three weeks, picking up our first win, something to build off of now moving forward into week five. Yeah, no question. Just to get into some stats on offense and some things, some trends that I saw last week, we threw it 40 times or we dropped back 40 times. We ran it 16 times this week. We dropped back 34 times. We ran it 33 times. I like when this offense is split, when it's balanced. Would I have preferred to run more? Probably. 
but I like the balance when it's 50-50 or close to that. The 40 to 16, you know, last week in Tennessee was just it's it's insane. And and especially when you consider Carson was really really hobbled, but this week they ran the ball well, you know, Taylor 103 yards on 16 carries, 6.4 yards per carry. That's that's outstanding. Mo Ali Cox, I mean, outstanding game, three catches, 42 yards, two touchdowns. So Things that we've complained about constantly on this show, run, running the ball more, being more balanced on offense, getting the ball to Mo Ali Cox, all of that stuff happened. That's that's all positive. Now, he's got to keep with that kind of mindset going forward. But as a whole, I really enjoyed you – know, I thought the offense was great. I mean, as far as this year, it's definitely the best performance they put forward. Wentz 24-32. 75% throwing the ball. That's outstanding. 228 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, no fumbles, um, no turnovers. And uh, just a great job by the offense there. I thought Doyle, Doolin, Pascal, Pittman all had big catches in this game. And they gave up two sacks, which is, you know, you don't want to give up any sacks, but they gave up two sacks. I thought they did a pretty good job. You know, I thought Fisher had a little bit of a rough game. Davenport had a rough game, but, uh, you know, for what they're putting out there with three new starters, I thought they did a pretty damn good job. Overall, they ran it 33 times for 139 yards, which is 4.2 yards for carry. Obviously, that's heavily weighted by by uh, Jonathan Taylor. But, you know, I, I saw a lot of positive things to build on in this game offensively. No turnovers is huge. They, they, they've really taken care of the ball pretty well. My only gripe, and, and I you know, I didn't really want to get into this, but I do have an issue with Mac having, uh, I think he had 12 touches and uh, Hines only had four. And that doesn't make any sense to me for a couple of reasons. One, Hines is number, your number two back. He's very important. You know, he's a guy that does everything well and he's been playing well and you get him four touches. I, I just, it's, it's mind boggling to me that they still can't figure out a way to get both guys, you know, Taylor and Hines involved. If they've got it, if this team's going to reach its potential, those two guys have got to be major parts of the offense in the same game. It can't be one or the other. And to give Mac all those carries when you're trying to trade him, and, and, and you can make arguments for this, but I just don't think that's a smart move. You don't want to take the risk of getting him hurt. He's coming off an injury. You know he wants to go somewhere else. You agreed to, to you know send him somewhere else. Whether or not a trade could be completed this past week is irrelevant to me. You have until November 2nd to do it. Why you would keep giving him the ball when Taylor's not hurt and Hines is not hurt doesn't make any sense to me. I would have given the ball to Wilkins before I would have given it to Mac, only because you're trying to trade him. Had he not requested a trade, it's a different thing. I wouldn't, you know, I would not care nearly as much. But it's publicly been put out there by both the organization and the player that they're trying to trade him. So playing him in this game and taking, you know, carries and catches and, and, and just touches away from Hines makes zero sense to me on any level. So that was my only really my only issue with the offense was that that was it. And then and maybe a drop by Campbell that he's, you know, he's got to make that play. But other than that, I thought the offense was fine. That was really my only gripe, man, for the whole game, really. I mean, I thought this was definitely their best performance, and uh, I thought, you know, I, I would have liked to seen Hines get the ball more. I don't know if they were gun-shy about giving him touches after he fumbled the, the – you know, he muffed the punt, but 
I don't think that should have anything to do with it. I think you go right back to him. He's a he's a vet, you know. He's a pro. Everybody's gonna you know make a mistake, you know, here and there. No one is perfect. Obviously, Hines, you know, I'm sure wishes he had that back, but I don't think you hold that against him. I think you just keep feeding him the ball. He's a great player. Uh, so that was my only gripe in this game. Outside of that, I thought they were outstanding. Yeah. Also, I don't think Hines has fumbled since his rookie season. I want to say. Because remember yeah. he had the problems in the preseason of 2018. And then I don't remember – I think I remember one fumble during a regular season game, and it was either in 2018 or 2019. So I'm all for accountability, but you have to be smart with the accountability. If it's a guy who has fumble issues and is doing it all the time, then it's a lot different than a guy who hasn't fumbled in three years because – that's just, you know, eventually it's going to happen to everybody. Everybody makes mistakes. Brady throws interceptions. The greatest running backs of all time have put the ball on the turf. So it's just going to happen. And you have to be careful with your spots that you pick. You go back to 2019. We never hold Adam Venetari accountable. And then you have Hines, who's been one of the best playmakers on this team. And the second he makes a mistake, you automatically hold him accountable. Plus, it was a special teams mistake on the muff punt. And he kind of got ran into by a gunner that got pushed into him. So, you know, there's multiple factors within that muff punt. And it's not like it was an open field bad ball security. It was really more of not catching the punt. I could see almost if it was like a technical thing where he's holding the ball incorrectly, like a loaf of bread and it gets knocked out. You know what I'm saying? Opposed to losing the ball in the sky and getting hit by a gunner. It's a lot different than the job description of being on offense and carrying the ball. And I think you only had two carries, right? Because like you were saying, Mac had, Mac had 10 carries. Hines had two carries. Hines has to have more than two carries in most weeks, like against the Ravens, he's going to have to touch the ball more than what four times and carry the ball more than twice. And then Mac 10 carries. Why is Mac carrying the ball 10 times to Taylor 16? I'm not as upset about the trade rumors, Jason, because the way I look at it is they probably made multiple calls and they had a feeling that there was zero trade value from all the Mac because of the injury last year, because he hasn't put anything on tape this year because there was really no nobody wanted him when he was a free agent in March. So he probably had no value on the trade block. And if anything, you're only going to get probably like a sixth or a seventh back. So they probably didn't view it as putting a real trade asset out on the field that could get hurt. But at the same time, where I am more turned off by giving him 10 carries, when this is still a ball game early on and we were struggling to score, I don't really have problems with the offense because I felt like they figured out a lot in the second half and they got better as the game went on and Reich did a good job coaching with a lead. So I'm happy with the offense. I'm happy with 27 points. But early in the game, I felt like we could have had more touches for Taylor when Mac was sharing carries. Taylor only had five touches or five carries in the first half of this game and he was averaging 7.4 yards per carry. He should have had more carries in the first half when we were only up, what, 7-3 or was it 7-3 at halftime? Yeah, it was. It was 7-3 at halftime. Yeah, so 7-3 at halftime and Taylor only had five carries. So I had a lot of problems at halftime. If we won this game, let's say 10-3 or 14-3, I would have a lot more negative things to say about the offense. But they did things in the second half that I really liked that is going to make me take it easier today on the offense, which I think is fair because we have to be fair and we won this game. But when you look at the running back situation, the trade honestly didn't bother me that much, Jason, or the trade rumors because Max yep. still a part of this team. They definitely made phone calls this week, and they probably had no 
bidders. So they were like, you know what? What are we really risking here? Are we going to hold this guy out for the next five weeks to not make a trade? Because nobody's going to be interested unless he has something on tape. Now, I don't think today well, helped because he only had, what, 2.2 yards per carry. But well, my, my it's it's a it's not just the one. It's both. It's it's yeah. everything. They, well, they, they, yeah, they, your second point bothered personally, your second point, I relate to more. I think that bothers me more that when this is still a ball game, you have two better options to help this team win a football game because I don't want to trot him out there to increase his trade value. I want to win this game first and foremost. Well, yeah, it felt like they were just forcing him out. Like, yeah, there was no reason not to play Taylor or Hines like they were just it was like. It almost felt like a preseason game for a minute. Like they just, <laughs> okay, we're going to give them three series. Like yeah. this isn't the preseason, man. I totally agree. I think the other part makes more sense to me. Like the trade thing is what it is, but to me it didn't bother me. When I'm watching the game, I wasn't really thinking about it. And then it did pop into my mind once or twice, but I was thinking they definitely tried to trade him this week. And there was probably teams, because and also Jason, it's that position. Running backs don't have any value. You could grab Todd Gurley the last week of the preseason. He's still available. Like there's guys that are always available at that position. Even the Colts a couple years ago, we had Jonathan Williams run for 200 yards in two weeks. And he's been a practice squad player since. So like even a guy like that, like we have Deion Jackson right now, where if Taylor were to go down and we traded Mac and we brought up Deion Jackson or whatever, Wilkins were to go down too. Cause Wilkins, I'm pretty sure is capable of running and playing well in this offense. But I think, Jackson could come up or Benny LeMay could be signed and play because I just think that position is such a committee position. We happen to have an elite one in Jonathan Taylor, which is why we want to rip our hair out and it drives us nuts that Reich chooses not to use him and utilize him, especially when he's running so well like he was last week and this week, even though today, obviously, we got him touches in the second half and 11 carries and he went for 100 plus yards and he scored a touchdown. So that was great. But it felt like a preseason game at times, and I had those vibes that they were just trying to get him touches to get him touches. Or worse, maybe forget about the injury aspect if you're trying to trade a guy, but running a guy to increase his trade value to run him might even be worse. Yeah, I mean, listen, it to me, it just doesn't make any sense. You, you should just make him inactive until November 2nd. If nobody trades for him, then, you know, you, you, you make, you know, you get him back in the rotation or whatever you keep him as a third running back. I, I just would have rather, you know, made him inactive until we got a trade done or so, because, you know, sometimes it doesn't get done right away. And so maybe you're right. Maybe nobody wants him, but I would have, I would have liked to seen them make him inactive and, uh, you know, just go with what they have. I mean, Jordan Wilkins is a fine third running back, and he's good on special teams. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's a huge deal until he starts cutting into, which he did today, Hines and Taylor's carries. That just can't happen because this guy, as much as I love Mac, is not, you know, a guy that's going to be in our run running back rotation this year. It's a two-back system, and it's Hines and it's Taylor. And when he's taking carries away from – I mean, you're talking about 12, what was it, 12 carries yeah. in this game? 10 or carries. 10 carries in this game and 10. two catches? I mean, that's 12 touches. That's eight more than, than Hines had. That should never happen. So, again, I'm harping, I'm harping on something that is probably not that big of a deal. At the end of the day, the bottom line, all anyone cares about is we won. Far more positive things to talk about in this game. I thought, again, Carson was good. Taylor's starting to hit his stride. I thought the run blocking was solid. I thought, you know, they just, you know, they did what they needed to do. 
they scored what 30 points they forced some turnovers oh yeah 27 they they could have probably scored more but Mm -hmm. you know they go out there they do a good job they they definitely played their best game offensively i said that they needed to you know pound the ball that this team couldn't stop the run and they can't um i thought they did a good job with that i would have loved to see taylor and hines get more carries but at the end of the day 34 33 split with with pass to run that's so much better that it's just a marked improvement over last week when it was 40 throws 16 runs well, also jason too- it's to take it one step further there was misdirection there was a lot of things they were doing in this game it didn't feel like the field was bigger there was more space on the field which is something we've been well, begging I, yeah. for Absolutely. And I think the reason why is because we ran the ball. We've been saying that all year. When you run the ball, it opens up play action. You saw that great play action play to pass. And and Wentz had all day to throw. The run sets that stuff up. But when you don't run the ball, but 16 times like we did in Tennessee, they're not going to respect the run, even if you are averaging six yards a carry, because you're not running it enough. You've really got to be patient. That's something Reich has really struggled with is being patient. Mm -hmm. The last couple years with the run, he's got to stick with it. I thought he did a better job today, got Taylor involved in the second half, and that's really when our offense started to really get going. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the key to the rest of our season. When you can get that running game going, it opens up the passing game because guys can't – they can't pin their ears back because they have to respect the run. So that slows down those defensive tackles and those defensive ends a little bit because they got to respect 28. And when you're running the ball like we did today and we have in the past, that opens it up for Wentz to make plays and do what he does best. So I thought it was a good combination, good split. I hope it stays that way. I think that's the key – to this team getting back in this, you know, divisional race, they're still in it. They're one and three and they're one game back. So they're in it, but I want to see them get, you know, continue to, to, to be patient with the run, you know, re- get, give the defense some time to rest. I thought they really did a good job with that and, and really dominated time of possession. So overall, just offensively, I thought this was their best game. I thought Reich did his best job. I thought the, you know, the, the split was good. I thought, you know, he got the ball to his playmakers they, they gave Reich some time because they could run the ball and that allowed the play action to work. They moved Wentz around. Wentz looked a lot more mobile today than he did last week. His second half, to me, was his best half he's played for the Colts. I thought he was outstanding mm-hmm. in that second half. They got Mo Alley-Cox involved, which needs to be a staple. He needs to be a staple in this offense. He, he's, he might be their third best playmaker. You, I mean, if you look at touchdowns to touches – I mean, this guy, he, he just scores a lot of touchdowns, and he doesn't get that many touches. He had three touches today and two touchdowns. He's a really solid player. They need to get him more involved, and I think you saw that today. Doyle banged up, came out, had a great had, had a great catch. Pasqua had some good plays. Pittman led the team in uh, receptions again. They're going in the right direction. I'm not going to get overly excited about a win over you know, a one-and-three team, but you got to start somewhere, and I thought mm-hmm. today was definitely – a step in the right direction offensively and with play calling. No question. And also, you can't mock beating a 1-3 and three team when you right now are a 1-3 and three team and you entered today an 0-3 oh team. So you have to beat somebody. And it sounds like a cliche, there's no easy wins in this league. The Titans lost to the New York Jets. The Jets won two games last year and they were 0-3 oh going into this game. And they went to New York and they lost to Zach Wilson, his first win as a starter in the National Football League. And you just nothing's guaranteed in the NFL. 
and you see that around the league. So you can't take anything for granted. We needed a win. We went to Miami. We got a win. Touch on the defense real quick, Jason, because we went offense a lot. And I think it's only fair because every week the defense has pretty much been the same and we kind of just say, yeah, oh, they've been average and we look past it. The offense the first three weeks was really bad. Today I thought they were average for probably two quarters, two and a half quarters, but then they were really good in the second half, so we have to give them credit where credit is due. Plus, the Miami Dolphins, I do believe, have a good defense. Statistically, they haven't been great this year, but they force a lot of turnovers, and the offense, special teams had one turnover. The offense did not turn over the football today, so they did a good job in that regard as well. But defensively, suffocating in the first half, they basically pitched a shutout for the first half, maybe three quarters of this game. The field goal we gave up early was because of the Heinz muff, and then the defense came right back out, and they made back-to-back -back stops. They forced the punt, then they forced the field goal without giving up a first down after the muff punt by Heinz. So I thought the defense did a good job. They stopped the run, and last week, like the first two weeks, we were bad against the run. Last week, it looked bad, but you're going up against Derrick Henry. Look what he did today against the Jets. Look what he did two weeks ago when they played Seattle. When you hold Henry to good numbers, that's like shutting down any other running back in the league because he's just that good. So last week, anybody else, that's a great game. Derrick Henry, it's kind of an average to below average game for him because he's just that good. So I thought the run defense was better last week. They built upon that today. And then we gave up about 240 yards, 235 yards of total offense. We had a couple sacks. And what about Komoko Ture? Two sacks in the first half. He had a couple pressures, I think, also in the second half. So it was great to see Ture finally starting to get active and pick up where he was before breaking his ankle against the Chiefs. And that was two years ago. That was in 2019. So we're finally starting to see him come into his own. He was making plays. No quitty pay today. So guys had to step up. I thought Ture was certainly one of the guys in the front of the show to be able to step up and make some plays and get a couple sacks. And that first sack he got was huge because that sacked them out of field goal range still early in the game. I think it was 3 nothing Dolphins. They made it a 55-yard field goal. It would have been probably like a 47-yard or they would have kicked it. Instead, they take a delay of game. I thought Reich should have declined the penalty. He doesn't. He accepts it. We push him back. Would have been obviously 60 yards. So they're going to punt. And they punt. They pin us inside the one or two-yard line. But that was a huge play, and it saved three points by Kamoko Ture. Yeah, man. I thought the defense for the first three quarters was absolutely outstanding, uh, just stifling. They couldn't do anything. I don't even know if they had 100 yards for the for the first three quarters just got after him all you know dominated the line of scrimmage uh you mentioned Teray, three tackles two tackles for a loss two sacks the big sack you talked about holding him to 35 yards rushing on 16 carries doing a good job on jacoby for the most part you know not letting him get out of the pocket forcing a fumble we said if we hit him he'll fumble the ball he fumbled the ball so a big time play uh and i want a guy i want to mention that hasn't been talked about who i think has played outstanding football the last couple weeks Big Grove, man. Grover mm -hmm. Stewart. Three tackles today, a sack, a forced fumble. Outstanding performance by him. Doesn't get talked about a lot because you got Buck there and, you know, the young guy with Pay has been playing well. But, man, Grover's been good the last two weeks, really playing outstanding football. I wanted to say, you know, I thought he was really, really great in this game, a really solid performance by him. And, uh, you know, and Taekwon had a big play. And, and I, I just thought the defense for the first three quarters – was outstanding and I want to give Flus some credit I mean you guys got to remember he's got Andrew Zendejo back there playing for Kari Willis he's got Isaiah Rogers who's a little small to be playing the boundary playing outside and we saw that late when they just kept throwing it over his head 
and he just, you know, there's nothing he can do. Parker's just going up and getting the ball, and also no quitty pay. So I think some credit, you know, they didn't play great in the fourth quarter, obviously. They still need to play that 60-minute game, but I think he deserves a lot of credit for the way they played in this game. They shut down the run. They made Brissett beat him. He, tur- you know, forced some turnovers. They did get, you know, some late – some late scores, but you got to give them credit too. I mean, they're not just going to quit. Flory's teams play hard for 60 minutes. We told you that going into this game, they weren't going to lay down. Jacoby makes some, makes some uh, 50-50 ball throws over Isaiah's head, uh, get some penalties on, you know, Zave on some pass interference calls. Um, you know, Devontae Parker's a really, really good player, and, and he made some plays down the stretch. But overall, um, I thought the defense was was just, you know, it was good. It was, it was what we needed to see from it. I mean – dominated really the first three quarters kind of let off the gas in the fourth but really a solid all it's a team win we've lost as a team we've won as a team when we've lost it's been team losses today was a team win I thought you know they picked up Naheem after the the uh the muff and held him to three points which I thought was huge for for team morale and just everything you know holding them because you give up seven there it's probably you're probably looking at a different game Mm -hmm. so I thought the defense did a good job doing that holding them to three then not letting up until really I think they got a touchdown with like 10 minutes to go in the fourth and they started to get back in it a little bit but for the most part you know I thought the defense was good again I mentioned early on in the show I thought you know even the plays that Miami made our coverage for the most part was good it was just a matter of their guy making a play over our young guy which was Isaiah Rogers or you know Xavier Rhodes so sometimes you got to give the you know the other team credit I thought that the Dolphins made some really good individual plays in the fourth quarter but overall I thought it was a pretty solid performance from all three phases in this game lots of things to get better at but it's, it's more enjoyable to do that after a win so big win for the Colts they had to have this game they went out there they played the you know they played the game they needed to play got the job done and uh Let's just keep it moving, man. Get the win and start stacking them. We got to start stacking some wins. Next week at Baltimore is going to be tough, but enjoy this one. Glad the Colts finally got in the win com. It was a long time coming, and uh, really thought they played a solid game today. Absolutely, and you never apologize for winning. So I saw a lot of people because we've been the hardest on Reich. We've been the hardest on this offense. Did they get a lot of breaks today? Sure, but you don't apologize for that. You take advantage of that. I thought they took advantage of it today. 27 points. It's the best the offense has looked this year. The defense, it's the best they've looked too, although you have to expect it because you go up against Wilson, you go up against Stafford, you go up against Tannehill and Henry, and you give up 20-plus points in those games. When you go up against Jacoby and this Dolphins offense, you expect the defense, although it's been average this year, to look above average and look good or great against a Jacoby Brissett-led offense, and they did that today, and that's what they have to do. So you do what you have to do, you take care of business, and you move on because the Ravens next week are going to be a much more difficult task. But today, we got the win. We're in the win column, and that means there is a For the Culture player of the game. Jason, who is your For the Culture player of the game? Man, this is tough because I was going to go Grover, but, I mean – it's either got to be Wentz or Big Mo, and Big Mo at three catches, 42 yards, two touchdowns. They needed it so bad offensively. We've struggled so bad offensively, red zone, scoring points, all that. To get two touchdowns from Mo was huge. So I'm going to go with Mo Ali Cox, man. The Colts really need to find a way to get him as involved as possible. Thought they started that, you know, to do that today, and they did a good job getting them the ball. Three catches, 42 yards, two huge touchdowns. So I'm going with Mo Ali Cox for my for the culture player of the game. 
Man, I was going to say, I mean, you brought up Grove. Grove was great. I thought that Terre, of course, with the two sacks. But the defense kind of did what we expected them to do. They faltered a little bit at the end. They definitely kept us in this game, and they kept it winnable. We never had to dig ourselves out of a huge hole, just that three-point hole early in this game. But I'm going offense because the offense finally broke through. Not, I mean, I don't want to say break through like they had this great game, but they finally did things we've been waiting for them to do. And a lot of it's common sense, but, hey, they finally did it. So, yeah, you have Cox, who you pick, so I won't pick the same guy. Taylor, great, because he opens so many things up for this team. 16 carries, 103 yards, 6.4 yards per carry, and a touchdown. So that's back-to-back weeks now of 6.4 yards per carry for Taylor. But I'm going to go Carson Wentz. He's been playing and battling through these ankle injuries. He has a foot surgery in August. He's back by week one, plays week one with discomfort. Then week two, he sprains not one but two ankles, plays last week, could barely move. So he's rehabbing, playing, rehabbing, playing through the first month of the season. And he comes out today, 24 of 32, 228 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. And I really want to emphasize no picks. He has one interception through four games. That one interception came on that stupid shovel pass that everybody wishes they could have back in week two. So he's been really good. He's taking care of the football. He had a fumble week one. He had the pick week two on the shovel pass. Hasn't turned it over the last two weeks. So he's been playing injured. He's been uncomfortable. He hasn't been able to move. He's been taking care of the football. So I appreciate that. I want to shine some light on that because everybody's going to kill him when he turns the football over and he turned the football over in Philly and that was an issue. He hasn't done that this year and it's not like he's feeling great. He's been banged up and it's not been one injury. It's been three injuries. It was the foot surgery. It was the left foot sprain. It was the right foot sprain. So he's been real banged up and he's taken a lot of other body shots. He's taken shots to the rib. He's been sacked. He's been hit. He's been knocked down a bunch of times this year and he has been tough. This goes beyond today's stat sheet. It goes beyond some of the big throws he made today. Just his overall toughness, I think, should be appreciated because this is a guy who missed a lot of time in Philadelphia. There was a narrative that he was a soft guy. Maybe he gets hurt and misses a whole bunch of games in Indianapolis, but you can't question his tolerance of pain through the first month. He has played through a lot of injuries. He's played through injuries that other guys wouldn't have played through. And I really don't care how many games he missed, how many playoff games he missed. The fact that Nick Foles won a Super Bowl when he was out, I really don't care about any of that. He has been tough and he has fought through injury after injury through his first month with the Colts. Is the long-term answer at quarterback for this team? I don't know. Maybe not, but... Through one month, he has not been the problem. He's played good enough to probably be 3-1 and one right now. And then the one game he wasn't good enough, we abandoned the run when Taylor was definitely good enough to carry the ball 20 times to a victory. So Wentz has not been the issue. He's actually been a bright spot for, I would say, 75% of our games. And the 25% he wasn't, he could barely move on two bad ankles. Yet he still gave us a better chance to win than Brett Hundley or Jacob Eason. And he was out there and he battled through that game because he knew we were playing the Titans. He knew how much that game meant. And he's been a team first guy since he got to Indianapolis. He's been tough. He's been fighting through injuries, and he's been playing at a high level. And he's been playing much better football than he played at last year. Unfortunately, the record doesn't reflect that, but today's the first step. You have to win a game before you can win two games, three games, four games, make the playoffs or anything of that nature. So 
Definitely my player of the game is going to Carson Wentz for fighting through the injuries and the adversity and having thick skin. You're 0-3. It hasn't phased him. He didn't shrivel up. He didn't play worse. He didn't, you know, you're going up against Xavier Howard who picked off Andrew Luck twice in 2018 when we played the Dolphins. And Carson Wentz took care of the football. He kind of understood the flow of the game, the assignment, who we were playing. He had that big fourth down when Reich decided to go for it on our own 28-yard line in the first half of this game on fourth and inches. He snuck the ball forward, found the gap, got the first down, kept the chains moving, had a big bootleg when we were backed up deep in our own territory, and that could not have been comfortable. Had a couple loop-arounds where he makes a defensive tackle or defensive end miss, and he was able to keep his eyes downfield. So I'm happy. I'm satisfied with the way Wentz played, and I love the fact that he's been battling through injuries playing for a very injured, banged-up team. We were down four starters on defense. We were down two starting offensive linemen. So we were down a lot of guys. T.Y. obviously has been on the IR since the preseason. So despite all the injuries of this team, Wentz has been fighting through a lot of pain, and he's been playing. So a lot of Philadelphia narratives have been false about Carson Wentz. Is he injury-prone? Yeah, sure, I guess you could say that. It's a super physical game. But has he had injuries? Yes. But he's also played through them, and he deserves a ton of credit for that. No question. And I thought he played his best game in the second. I mean, today was probably his best game, and his second half was outstanding. And, uh, you know, you can't say enough about the guy. He's hung in there. I really thought Frank Reich did him a disservice in the game against the Titans by not running the ball 35, 40 times. But he hung in there, and that's all you can really do. I mean, it's up to the coach to put you in the best position to win. They didn't. I don't think Reich did that in, in the last game, but he did it today. And uh, I, and the thing about these injuries, for the most part, I think we're going to get all these guys back at some point. So that is a positive to some of the. You know, there's a lot of clouds over Indianapolis right now. You know, there's a little bit of ray of sh- sunshine today with the win and the Titans' loss. But keep in mind, most of these guys that are banged up should be back at some point. We've just got to hang in there until we get those guys back. And then who knows, man, if you can just hang in there and get those guys back, maybe we make a late run. You never know. Well, not That's even a late run, Jason. We're in it because if you think about it like this, and this is just the NFL, we might sound like crazy bipolar fans, but this is a week-to-week league. That loss today to the Jets is so big because when we play the Jets, we expect to win that game. You're not supposed to lose games like that to a team like the Jets. So right there, that's a pickup game. It's a common opponent that we expect to beat. We also have the Cardinals later in the season, which is a potential pickup game because they lost to them. But even besides all that, there's so many games left. They have the Chiefs. We have the Raiders. They have the Chiefs. So that's a game where we could pick up. But today's... Just slate the way we won our game, they lost their game. It almost makes you tied with the Titans in a way because it's impossible. Well, not impossible, but it's super highly unlikely that you win this division by getting swept by the Titans, right? So just to call a spade a spade, you have to beat them the next time out if you want a chance. If you lose that game, nothing else matters. The loss to the Jets doesn't matter. What we do on Christmas Day against the Cardinals, what we do against the Texans, the Jaguars, none of that matters if we don't at least split with the Tennessee Titans. So we need to win our next matchup. So assuming that game is a win to make everything else meaningful, we're tied with them because we have to win that game or else nothing else matters. So it's almost like you're tied with them hypothetically because if you don't win that game and you get swept by them 0-2, there's no chance. So that's a game you almost count as an automatic win when looking at all the surrounding games. Of course, you have to go out and win that game. But just my overall point is 
the result of that game can only go one way if you expect to compete for the division. You know what I'm saying? No, absolutely. And obviously that's going to be the game. I mean, hopefully we can get those guys back for that game because that's the game. That's the game we have to win. And uh, obviously there's a lot of other games we have to win. Um, before that, you know, we've got, I think, three three more games before that that are very important. So, really, it's just one week at a time. Try to stack wins. Try to, to, you know, win as many games as possible. Put yourself in the best position. So, when you get to that game, you can take advantage of it. And when you, you know, if you can get the win, then you, then you can really have the advantage. So, none of this would be possible without starting with a win today. We got the win today. And that's the most important thing. And, and I really feel, you know, it's, it's the first time I felt really good about the team in a long time. So it's a it's a really, you know, good day for the Colts and Colts Nation. Obviously, we win, Titans lose, hell, Texans lose, Jags lose. So it's, I mean, it's it's really a good week for for the Colts and the AFC South. And uh, you know, it's a like you said, it's week to week, man. You never know what's going to happen. That's why they play the games. And so you know, we get ready and go, you know, take our third row game in a row and go to Baltimore and hopefully. You know, find a way to, you know, pull an upset on Monday Night Football. But for now, I'm just happy we got a win. I think it saved our season because I think if we lose this game, mm-hmm. uh, we're in deep, you know, really, really deep trouble. But we find a way to win and really kind of convincingly. I mean, they came back late, but I thought we dominated for the most part. Yeah. And, you know, you just go from here. It's what you do from here. Once this game's over, it's in the book and it's, you know, it's on to the next. So we'll see what happens. But, man, feels good to get back in the win column. Yeah, it would have been over if you're sitting at 0-4. Honestly, if you're 0-4, you're a little bit ticked off that the Jets beat the Titans because then you're like, we just completely wasted that and the rest of the season is meaningless, blah, blah, blah. Of course, you still could mathematically come back and it's still early, but 0-4, historically, I don't care how bad the division is, is a damn near impossible hole to climb out of. So, glad to get the win. Wrapping this up, we'll be back for the Baltimore game preview on Thursday. And that's, well, that's a Monday night game. Maybe we'll come back on Friday. We have a little bit more flexibility before that game. And prime time, under the lights, Monday night. No Manning cast, though. ESPN2 is not doing the Manning thing for that game, which is unfortunate because I was excited to hear Manning talk about the Colts, Peyton talk about the Colts, but we won't get that. So we'll have to watch the boring, who is it, Steve Levy Monday night broadcast, which will suck, but it is what it is. You take the broadcasters for what they are. We always seem to have bad ones. And hopefully we can stack on top of this one. We'll talk about it more in the game preview Thursday or Friday. Colts, Ravens, in Jason's neck of the woods. It'll be in Maryland. It'll be in Baltimore. So that's my man, Jason Spears. I'm your host, Luke Diamond. We will be back on either Thursday or Friday with the Colts, Ravens game preview, Monday Night Football, right here on the For the Culture Podcast.